As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The race is on. And with the latest season now well underway, gaming fans are looking forward to the release of F1 2021 in the summer. But what can we expect from the latest game in the series? And what should be incorporated to make it an even better product? I'm Ed Straw, and joining me with all the answers about F1 2021 are Nathan Quinn, Val Harunji, and Glenn Freeman. Well, Nathan, welcome. This is your debut appearance on the Race F1 podcast. So for those who aren't familiar with your excellent work, you're our esports correspondent. Not only a thriving and interesting world, but one with some very familiar F1 names in terms of teams and drivers involved. Yeah, that's certainly true. I mean, even outside of the F1 esports series, Ferrari have, I know they were a latecomer to esports, but Ferrari have just launched their second um, own esports talent scouting program. The V10R League second season starting soon, you're going to have McLaren, Red Bull, Williams and Aston Martin all racing against one another. And Grosjean's own esports team, actually. I know Roman Grosjean no longer a part of F1, but he's big in esports in his own right, running his own um, esports team and has done for about a year at this point. And Max Verstappen doesn't run his own team, but hugely prominent in iRacing and just a couple of months ago won the bar first 12 hours on iRacing. So yeah, even outside of F1 esports, there's a lot of crossover between Formula One and esports more generally. Yeah, certainly a growth area. And it's great to see uh, art imitating life, as it were, with all sorts of driver transfers going on and that kind of thing in the world of of F1 esports. But yeah, massive, massive growth area. And Val, you're a a keen gamer. How long have you been playing the the Codemasters series of official F1 games? Surprisingly, despite my youngish age, I've pretty much been there from the start. I didn't play the, the 2009 one on the Wii. I'm not sure how many people did, but I've I've been playing them fairly regularly since 2010. But I've I've ended up skipping a few actually because when there were no driver transfers, they all got a bit samey for me. So I think I've bought more 
FIFA games this previous decade than F1 games. But now that they've brought in driver transfers, I pretty much back on a yearly schedule of buying them, I'd say. I suspect driver transfers may come up later in this uh, in this podcast. And also, Glenn Freeman, a reappearance for you on the F1 podcast. Now the third season of Bring Back V10s is complete. But I'm a little bit concerned you'll be talking about F197 on the PlayStation rather than F1 2021. I thought I was here to talk about an F197. Is this not an F197 retro look back? Yeah, it's not always 1997. Jack Villeneuve is not the greatest. You're going to have to move on. The other thing I would say is that if we were doing a, an episode about what we would add to F197, I would say nothing because it's the perfect F1 game. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to looking at the Codemasters series, which has been going for over a decade now. And uh, to answer Val's question, I played the Wii version of F1 2009 and it was incredibly arcade, but uh, very enjoyable. I remember doing a quite long race on it in a Toro Rosso and I finished sixth at the Nürburgring or something. And it was one of those the most intense race I can remember on an F1 game for a long time. I had to be utterly flawless to to pull off a top six finish. And I thought, wow, this is the most ridiculous game and control method I think I've ever played. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I think sometimes games overlook that side. Was it was it motion controls? Did you did you have to like do an imaginary wheel? Yes. Yeah, ah, just that's like crazy. Mario Kart. That's fantastic. Yep. Yeah. yeah, not quite the same in the world of F1. 2021 but yeah I, play, I played that Wii game a, a little bit I seem to remember having a good race as Timo Glock at the Hungaroring always enjoy the Hungaroring on games but let's get on with uh, the, the matter at hand Nathan we're going to be talking about the features we want to see incorporated into the official game whether it's for 2021 or beyond but while there's no official news on what to expect from 20, F1 2021 in reality we do have a rare case of an early leak so what exactly's happened there and what did we learn? Yes so we did have an early leak and I'm hesitant to take too much away from it because obviously you can't verify just how accurate it is. But that said, it does actually seem plausible, a lot of what is said there. It does seem like... Because if you look at some some of the things mentioned in the leak, Mighty Mode sounds not like it's been changed massively. Split Screen will be returning according to that leak. But more interestingly, there's a, supposedly going to be a Breaking Point, as it's called, a Breaking Point story experience. And that's going to be interesting. I know stories have been asked for by the community for a long time. F1 2019, we sort of got a teaser of a story with the Formula 2. Well, we sort of got the beginnings of a story because you had the Formula 2 um, introduction with two fictional characters, three races. They then moved into Formula 1 with you, and that was really it. There were no cutscenes after that, and... It was the beginnings of a story that didn't really follow through. So hopefully, assuming this breaking point story is true, assuming that will be in the game, it'll be interesting to see just how deep it goes. And there's also mentioned in that leak the addition of a two-player career mode, which, well, firstly, I mean, the first question I think is, who knows whether that's going to be offline or online? Potentially both, but I think if that's an online Two-player career mode, I think the scope for that is potentially massive because if you were, you and a friend, both managed your own fictional team together, if you were co-managers of your own fictional team, you were teammates and you upgraded the team together, raced alongside one another as teammates against all of the 10 real-life teams, I think that, if it's done, as I'm imagining, if it's an online career, I think that, that potentially could be a very exciting feature. That sounds like a great opportunity to have a massive falling out as well. 
as you drive into each other in the championship decider. I think that's something we can all uh, we can all get behind. So some some tantalising ideas of what there may be in the real game. But we're going to be broadening the discussion a bit and move on to what we want to see. The ideas we're going to discuss were originally floated by my guests in an article on the race entitled The F1 Game Features We Want to See in F1 2021 or Later. So you can head to the race.com and don't forget the hyphen to take a look at that. But... Glenn, let's come to you first. You're keen on more customization of race formats beyond what can currently be done in terms of simple things like race length. So how far would you like it to go? Um, I would I would probably let it go as far as Codemasters imagination uh, will take them. Uh, the, the thing that sprung to mind for me was the fact that in the championships game mode of the games we already have for a few years now, we've had these little mini championships you can do where you get different race formats. So they do an F1 double header weekend. You can get sprint races. You can get a reverse grid second race. All those things are quite fun. But right now you have to play them in isolation in their own separate mode. And I think bringing that sort of thing into career mode uh, as potential rule changes that could be thrown at you during your 10 seasons is a great way to add more longevity and replayability to those modes we've now got driver career mode and my team and as Val mentioned earlier before we got the driver transfers it was kind of hard to get few get through more than a few seasons now we've got the the changing driver roster all the time f2 drivers coming in that side of it's already a lot more exciting but now I'm really curious about what else Codemasters can do to add more layers to the career modes and we do get technical rules resets where you can develop your car and then either the engine or the aero or the chassis can be reset and then you lose a load of that development and that shakes the order up so i'm looking at where else can we have rule changes that shake things up and give you a different challenge as you progress through your career so i'd be open to all kinds of different race formats i would say that i think that should be optional because there will be people who will say i i want to play out an authentic 10 seasons of f1 as it should be uh, so I think you should have the option to turn on some uh, more more crazy rule changes like this. But I would love to get three or four seasons in and then be told, right, every race weekend's a double header now. No, I think I think the optional thing is is an important one to flag up sort of in advance for everything we mentioned is that the more power is given to the player to customize their experience, the better. Just because we we want to see wacky formats, reverse grids, whatever, tried out, maybe voted on by the AI inside the career mode it doesn't mean that we want to make that mandatory if you want to race the traditional vanilla f1 uh, weekend experience as it is in real life you should knock yourself out that should be fine that should still be an option but otherwise what what this will help what giving the option will help it'll maybe make help some people uh, start more than one career mode experiment with stuff i mean that's just always a good thing so the, the more power you give to the player the the better in that sort of regard yeah, sounds like a good idea and quite a good way to expand the longevity of the, the game as well, which is surely uh, for the better. Now, there was a bit of mention from Glenn on the driver market. And Val, since 2019, I think there has been a driver market in career mode. So people move around. But you think this needs to improve? I, I do think this needs to improve. But, you know, first and foremost, obviously, a few years ago, we couldn't have even imagined there being a, a driver market feature in the in the Cody's games. The fact that they've introduced them with you know arguably minimal fuss but maximum impact in terms of reliability uh, replayability i think that's wonderful and i think the the games have been so much so much better for it but obviously 
it's I, I think they'll agree that it's still very much in early stages and that the the various mechanisms that dictate it uh should be more should be worked on more. Like for instance, just you know, preparing for this video, I've watched some some videos on YouTube of how how other people's career modes worked out on F1 2020. The first video I pulled up, Charles Leclerc was there in an Alpha Tauri. That makes no sense to me. That makes absolutely no sense to me. It makes no sense to anybody who's ever watched Formula One. It it maybe should be an option. Sometimes that part of the thing is fun, but if you want to get really immersed, if you want to really feel like you're being part of the actual genuine F1 world, then the way the drivers and teams behave in that world, it should, you know, follow some rhyme or reason. So what what I would want to see is I'd want to see a certain, you know, prestige level attached to every team basically because you know driving for ferrari and driving for haas or williams or even alpha tauri obviously not the same thing and i'd want to see a certain level of reputation attached to drivers rather than feeling maybe a bit more random i don't know how the teams in game currently make their decisions as to which drivers they hire who they bin who they replace and when it when it exactly happens but i think the in-game performances of those drivers should should really impact that the way they do in real life if you if you have, for instance, I think I had, uh, what was it? I had Daniel Kvyat beat Lance Stroll in every qualifying of a season. And I was like, for me, that's something that should absolutely spike his reputation into into space, basically. That should make him a super hot commodity. And it, it doesn't really happen. He doesn't move anywhere. It's like it's just window dressing. Uh, I, again, I appreciate that's it's a lot of work and it's not necessarily for 2021. It's a gradual process, but sooner or later, I mean, that's just that's how sports games are. They are supposed to imitate the, the real championship. And that's that's certainly part of it. I think it's worth adding at this point that when they brought it in in 2019, it was pretty much random. I think I ended up with Max Verstappen. Uh, at Racing Point alongside Sebastian Vettel or something. They did add a bit more logic to it for F1 2020, but as Val described there, they haven't quite done enough of it yet. And so I think it will be something that gets better sort of every year. And it's just one of those things, Codemasters have never done this before. So they're having to evolve it a bit as they go. And there's just one more thing I want to pick up on. Val said it didn't, uh, there wasn't much fanfare when it got announced. I'm hoping that enough time has passed now that I'm allowed to tell this story. Uh, there was a reason there wasn't much fanfare, and that's because not all of the teams were aware Codemasters had been given the permission to do it in 2019. There was one team in particular that had always been blocking pretty much anything interesting Codemasters wanted to do. Since uh, Bernie Eccleston was always on board with that, he gave Codemasters no freedom whatsoever. Since Liberty Media have come in, they've opened it up. They've seen the appeal of the gaming industry. They've seen the importance of esports. They've given Codemasters a bit more room for manoeuvre every year. So they approved driver transfers for 2019. And they basically, I think they said to Codemasters pretty much, we're not going to bother telling all the teams. We're not going to give them an opportunity to resist this. Just don't make too much fuss. Just launch the game with it and I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, and like I say, I, that isn't that well known. I, I don't think I've, I've kept that quiet for a while, but I feel like it's been long enough now. I'm sure nobody minds, but I just think that that's part of the reason we can get so excited and have this discussion is because we know that with every year that goes past, Codemasters do a better job and F1 affords them more room for creativity and maneuver. And, you know, to, to add to that, basically, I, not only am I so happy that the feature is in, but I'm happy that it got improved from 2019 to 2020, as it obviously did. Because if you 
If you look at something like FIFA, for instance, I remember playing FIFA career modes that, you know, they were not in their first or their second year. They've been doing them for ages. And I remember just watching Manchester United stockpile strikers and thinking, well, what's what's going on here? This makes absolutely no sense in the in-game world. And it's, you know, FIFA has been so slack with improving its career mode, whereas I think Codemasters every year they take on clearly take on a step forward. And which is why we're debating this sort of thing, because we want we want the future to be better and better. And we believe that it will be. An important point was made there as well in terms of the importance of this game for popularising Formula 1. It's very popular now to talk about Drive to Survive, for example, as evangelising F1 for people, but so does this game, and that's why it, why it matters so much. But on the subject of driver markets, Nathan, you had, uh, you had a point about customisable transfers you wanted to make. Well, yeah, but I mean, just before I get onto that, since, since Val and Glenn, since you've given out your anecdotes on uh, and how the career modes, how, how driver transfers went for you, I may as well say that in my experience, F1 2020, the driver market was more logical and that's more logical than it was in 2019 because I remember playing F1 2019, Toro Rosso out of nowhere had the quickest car. Hamilton and Vettel both went over to Toro Rosso. Hamilton beat Vettel, then Mercedes had a quicker car than Toro Rosso again. And then Hamilton mid-season left Toro Rosso, went back to Mercedes two races later, won the championship. So it was, I mean, in 2019, it seemed to be that the driver market was dominated by what the top drivers wanted to do. Whereas in 2020, it seems, I can't even pin down the logic on it. But I mean, we talk about these stories of, of what drivers have done and what teams they've moved to and the, the lunacy of it. But if you, outside of career mode, in normal Grand Prix mode, if you were to be able to customise your own driver transfers, because now in my team, you can pick your own teammate, and I know lots of people, myself included, have got the best car, put Mahavir Ragunathan in and see how well he does, just for experimentation purposes. Um, and he scored, I think, 11 points in 10 races, Ragunathan. So, you know, not not great, bearing in mind I won the championship. But I guess that's the point, is it's interesting anecdotes you can Chuck out there. So if you could in Grand Prix mode manually change drivers between teams at, at free will, and you can do this in FIFA, you can change players between teams to use outside of career mode. So you could, you know, say for example, put Bottas and Russell at Mercedes and then see how well they do against one another, see if Russell could beat Bottas over the course of multiple races or a whole season, or put Mick Schumacher straight at Ferrari, see how well he does there. Put Mazepin at whichever team you want. Stick Hamilton and Verstappen in the same team or at the back of the grid. I think, you know, because obviously, and I think actually, if we want the driver market in career mode to be more logical, which I think we do, because it's funny when ridiculous things happen and they're nice on occasion, but probably over half of the driver transfers that happen in people's career modes defile logic so it'd be great if the career mode was where the the formula one world played out normally but then you could outside of career mode you can do your own transfers and you can make it as bombastic as you want i think that would be the best of both worlds you still get the benefit of being able to do what you want but career mode is more normal and maybe even returning to the to the previous point that I made, give users more oversight if they like it. For instance, despite being not a basketball fan at all, really, I've been sort of in, very engaged with the NBA 2K games because they have so many options for how you want your your league to be, how you want it to work. You can 
edit the trade frequency, how how often teams swap players. Basically, you can edit, you can have your say over each trade. You can force trades. You can do whatever. You can make the league look what you want it to make. And yeah, I know the gameplay challenge sort of flies out the window if you can just stack your team with superstars if that's what you feel like doing. But it's it's video games. It's not it's not supposed to be about challenge if you don't want it to be about challenge. It can just be about experimentation. So if you give if you give if it's possible to give players a slider and how volatile they want their driver market to be, and if it's possible to give them say in you know who goes where every off season, if they want that say, I think that that'd be really cool. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. I think everyone's got some uh, interesting thoughts about who they'd like to see where. Although I have to say, Val, in your piece where you talked about the the unrealisticness of the some of the driver transfers, and you said, oh, Ferrari suddenly drops Leclerc and Vettel and has two F2 drivers. There's definitely a place in your mind where on the 2021 grid, Ferrari have got two F2 drivers suddenly promoted. So I imagine that your uh, your your controlled reality will be even more uh, even more bizarre, but uh, I look forward to seeing what kind of lineups you come up with. Well, next on our topic lists, one for you, Nathan. The F1 game series has dabbled with classic circuits in the past with tracks like Brands Hatch, for example, which hasn't actually hosted an F1 race since 1986. But you'd like to see this feature brought back and developed, wouldn't you? Oh, well, not just me. I mean, this has been a requested feature, I think, ever since it became a thing in F1 2013, because that proved that classic tracks can be added to F1 games, and that, that really fueled the fire. And I think really what's stoked it even more so is last season with the shakeup in the grid with Mugello, with Istanbul Park, which, you know, I think because both of those tracks came to the F1 calendar, um, Istanbul Park, I know people have want, uh, wanted to come back for a long time. And they, and I know there were odd circumstances with Istanbul Park in particular, but they produced great races in real life and they, the great tracks to drive around in the games. And I it just seems obvious that you would include classic tracks because there are some, you know, there are some circuits nowadays that people don't like and there's great circuits from the past. And obviously, again, we keep talking about this point about how because it's a video game, there is the freedom to do whatever you want. And on F1 2013, you can have a full grid race with the 2013 cars around Brands Hatch and that's not exactly the most sensible idea and and you know Brands Hatch hosting an F1 race again in the future I think is uh, implausible for lots of different reasons and that's you know the beauty of it in the game is you can set up these ridiculous circumstances or even because even if you look outside of classic tracks and you know I'm sure we could easily between us come up with a list of 10 tracks that aren't on the F1 calendar anymore but we'd like to see in the F1 game even outside of that, there's the shortened circuits in the Formula One games now, and that hasn't been expanded upon since F1 2017, but there's a shortened version of Suzuka, which you can lap in with the modern cars in under 40 seconds, which obviously means that blue flags, after not that long of a time, become constant, uh, constant near constant. And again, it's just, you know, you can set up ridiculous races, and especially if you have the classic cars because then you've got a massive pace differential between the 2010 cars or the 2009 Braun or the 2004 Ferrari versus some of the cars from the early 90s. You've got, you know, it just gives you a license to do crazy stuff. And that seems to be the recurring theme with what we keep saying in this podcast. But um, yeah, and classic tracks, I mean, there's a huge amount of love for um, 
Volta getting F1 2013 proved it's possible. I know it takes a while to scan in new circuits into the game and F1 2021. This is, to be fair, it is an unrealistic proposal for F1 2021, bearing in mind they've got to put in the Jeddah street circuit and Imola and Portimao. So doing all of that along with other circuits like Magella or Istanbul Park, which aren't on the calendar, is unlikely to happen this year. But for future years, it would be great to see some tracks which aren't used in F1 at all. I totally agree with everything Nathan said there. It's such a cool part of, of racing games to have more variety. I I sympathise with Codemasters, though, because it's, as Nathan hinted at, it's so much work to build these tracks. And the more sophisticated the machinery these games are running on becomes, the more detailed the the worlds you build for the players to play in have to become as well. I I would accept the F1 2013 tracks being ported into the current games with the level of detail we had back then, just so I could race uh, Imola, Jerez, Estoril and Brands Hatch. I'd be fine with that, but there'd be a lot of players who go, this looks this looks terrible. Why, is, why haven't you updated it? And all that sort of thing. So I can understand Codemasters take a huge amount of pride in the level of detail they go to to recreate these circuits. And I think that's probably what puts them off of doing it on a regular basis. They also have the disadvantage against a lot of other game racing game franchises in that they have to be an annual release. So they have less time between games and they have more things they have to update. They have to update the cars. As Nathan said, they've got a bunch of new tracks they're going to have to throw in this time. I I really hoped we might get a DLC pack last year when we ended up with all these random tracks, but I think they had to produce that game in such uh, restricted circumstances you know developing a brand new game that has to come out at a certain point during a lockdown so i have i have really big sympathy for them and it might also be we we don't know the numbers it might be that if they released a classic tracks dlc that you had to pay for that not enough people would buy it and then they'd say well we've given you anywhere between two three four eight tracks um, but not enough people bought the pack to make it worth the extra effort i uh, the main reason I would want to see more tracks is again what I came back. I come back to what I said earlier, um, which is the opportunity to add variety and depth to the career modes. If you could get calendar changes in F1 2020, you could reduce the number of races and customize the tracks from year to year. So you could create your variety there. But if you could suddenly get a Brands Hatch and Istanbul Park, random tracks coming back in and it's just another way to keep the game fresh and it would be brilliant, but I fear for now it might be a while before we see it on a regular basis. Yeah, the only the only way to do calendar variety in this current game is to basically do 10 or 16 race seasons and pick the tracks, which, by the way, I heartily recommend. It's a ton of fun, but it's obviously not quite the same thing. It's still the same pool of tracks. And I, I appreciate that this is the sort of thing that only real like racing pedants would ask for and that you know for it, it's not worth ex, like crunch or whatever it's not worth cody's people not sleeping in their homes and having to work super hard and stuff like that but however i'm also just a crazy person so when i when i hear like add extra tracks i don't immediately think to like f1 classics and stuff like that i think you know give me like a low res version of avis 
from the 1950s. I want to play Avis on the Codemasters F1 game. I want all the cars to take off and fly away to the side of the weird German oval. See, now you're talking Ed's language. I bet that would be high on his list. Yeah, Avis would be there. I think Solitude would be my top one. Another German circuit that was used <laughs> up to the to the mid 60s. Never for a championship race, but had a bit had a bit of the Nurburgring around about it. Even had its own little castle as well. So uh, yeah, that that's I think I think everyone would want that. I'm definitely gone mainstream uh, there. But moving on, Glenn. Classic cars are a big part of the the Codemasters game series, but you want the chance to rewrite history with some livery changes, which given the stunning Jordan 191 was in F1 2020, that's dangerously close to sacrilege. Don't get me in trouble again with Gary Anderson about the Jordan 191. He's already furious that it's only my third favourite car of F1, uh, of all time in F1. Um... But yeah, the Jordan 191 was in the last game. That's that's brilliant. Uh, gorgeous car. Great to see it added. Every year we seem to get spoiled with whatever else they come up with to to add to the game in the classic car roster. And I know that the guys behind it, are, they love F1 history and, and they're determined every year to track down who has the rights to these cars so they can include new ones. And that's brilliant. But one of the things they stick to, and I completely understand why, is they want to keep all of the car performance across the different eras realistic. So as Nathan mentioned earlier, if you do a a multi-class or even a single class that can span sort of a decade of F1 development race, you end up, your race develops with pockets of cars all circulating at different lap times, really based on their age. You know, the newer cars are faster. So you you kind of end up, if you say you want to drive a 91 McLaren, you're going to be racing a handful of cars from a, of a similar age that can do the same pace as that car. You're not going to be racing a 96 Williams. You're certainly not going to be racing the 98 McLaren that usually wins that class by, by quite a margin. So the classic cars are really enjoyable to drive, which is something a lot of other games fail to do. They seem to think that if a classic car has low performance, it has to be impossible to drive. Codemasters have nailed that. You, even when they had 70s cars, they made them really fun to drive. But I find that I don't play the classic cars as much as I would like to because I eventually get bored of of driving around just against the, the car I've chosen. You can get around that by filling the grid with the same car. So you could do a, a grid of 20 Jordan 191s. But there's something that doesn't quite feel right about that because you then have 20 green cars all piling into the first corner. They've all got fake names for the drivers, which I understand. But it, it's not quite as an immersive experience. Whereas the when you race online, the current car model you can use allows you to run custom liveries and you can pay for or download more custom liveries that get released over time. If they added some basic versions of that, to the classic cars, you could say, right, I effectively want to do a 1991, a 1998, a 2004 season. I'm going to select, say, the F Ferrari F2004, and I'm going to sit on a grid where, yes, there's a couple of red cars, probably at the front, but then there's lots of other cars and lots of other different colours. So I know who I'm racing. It feels more varied. It feels more interesting. And I think if they did that, it would open the game up to some sort of through the eras a game mode where you could say, right, starting the 1988 McLaren MP44, race a season of that and then work your way through the years and, and track your achievements. And I think that would just give people more of a reason to play with those classic cars. Um, we said earlier that some of these requests are incredibly niche. This might be the most niche 
request on the list. And probably a lot of people are going, I'm not bothered enough. I, I, I don't need that in my game. I'd rather have X, Y, Z and ABC. I get that. And that's the beauty of this is that if we put this out to our audience, we would get hundreds of different requests because everybody wants this game to be something different. But I would spend an endless amount of time playing with the classic cars if we had a variety of liveries on the grid that meant you could just race with one car and that would and have close opposition. And it must be doable because we see it in other games where um, classic car teams or manufacturers have allowed custom liveries to be put on their cars. So a very niche request, and it might be a while before Codemasters has the time to pursue it, but I would love it. Yeah, and just to expand on that, I mean, the Gran Turismo games, and, I've, and Forza actually, I think, does this as well, although I'm not an expert on Forza, but Gran Turismo, there's a couple of fictional F1-inspired cars there, and you can download liveries that people are made so you can make the car look like... I mean, I've you know, I think there's, there's a, uh early, mid-80s F1 car in there that I've made look like a 2009 Braun, and I don't have the skills to do that. Someone made it, and I download it, and I think... I guess that's the other point, is the livery editor in the Codemasters games currently is quite minimal at best, but if if it was expanded to be on the sort of level of depth of like Forza or Gran Turismo and you could have people upload liveries and download them, you really could, I think quite easily, with the power of the community, make a whole season because you could, yeah, assign... Someone would make a Jordan livery from that season or or whatever, you know, whatever team from whatever season, and you probably could actually make an unofficial season of cars i'm sure you know even though i mean they would be equal performance i get that but at least the look would be authentic yeah and it seems to be the running theme doesn't it customizability in order to get longevity and broaden the appeal of the game which is is why they're such good ideas now moving on to another aspect val you'd like to see an f1 2021 step to stop forcing you being jack bradmore bruce mclaren as a as an owner driver wouldn't you yeah, basically. So the way I look at my team is again it's a fantastic idea, and the the thing with being a you know a driver who's also a manager doesn't bother me so much. I guess it bothers me a little bit in terms of authenticity, but not nearly enough to be like weird about it. But at the same time, I would really appreciate just the ability to sort of select my my two person lineup. And maybe I know that the the sort of the Codemasters games really want to make make it clear that they're not management games, that you don't just watch cars race, that you race the cars, and that's fair enough. Although we'll we'll touch upon that a bit later. But still, you know what? In that case, let me control one of the two drivers that I've signed. Let me pick one of them each, you know, ahead of each weekend. Maybe that'll also maybe liven up the title fight a little bit. Again, it'll do weird things to the seasonal challenge, but again, challenge is, in my opinion, optional. Customization is is key. So that's that's sort of what I'd prefer. I'd prefer being able to sort of assemble my my roster of drivers and then take them through a season and maybe race as some of them sometimes because the game already lets you race as as real life drivers in the in the Grand Prix mode, I believe. So why not in the career mode? Just don't see no reason not to. Think it'd be fun. I think that's a really good suggestion and a good way to get around what Val hinted at there. That is, Codemasters said last year when they introduced my team, they had a lot of questions of people saying, oh, is this a first step towards a full-on manager mode where you know it effectively becomes motorsport manager or, or a game like that? And they, they were quite adamant um, saying, no, we will always be a driving game with a management aspect that we've added now. So I really like Val's suggestion of, okay, you do drive every race still, or maybe not, as we'll come to shortly. But 
you can hire two drivers. So that makes the driver market more interesting. And the way to get around, well, your character's not in the game now is, okay, I've got two drivers. Let me pick ahead of each race, which one I want to be. And you can have a lot of fun with that. Do you want to become the lead driver more often? Do you want to try and help one of your guys win a championship? Or if one of your guys gets up there and is fighting for a championship, do you want to be the number two to make sure he's up there and can can help him out? I, I had a career mode, I think, on F1 2019, where I ended up at McLaren alongside Lewis Hamilton. And I had a few shunts and, and a bit of a rocky patch mid-season. So we ended up in a situation where Hamilton was fighting for the championship and I wasn't. And I think for the first time ever, I resorted to being a number two driver. And I, I think I gave him a win at Spa and I held up a rival somewhere else. And when he won the championship at the end of the year, I took great satisfaction from that. I know co-masters say you can do that in my team. If you hire a great teammate, you can be the, the team owner who's there kind of acting as rear gunner. But I really like the idea of it, it's mainly hiring two drivers and having the flexibility of picking which car you have each time. I think that's a, that'd be a really nice addition. Glenn Freeman as Valtteri Bottas there. I, I quite like that uh, that particular image. Um, I'd take that. <laughs> well, he's well paid and he wins the old race, so he's uh, he's not doing a, not doing a bad job at all. Now, when it comes to management, Nathan, you wanted to bring F two into yes. the mix. Yes, I mean, I would just love it to be a proper management game. I mean, that's that's my specialist subject. Is if F one twenty twenty one suddenly just became a management game through and through, that would be I'd love that. Although I probably would be in a group of one, but. Formula 2, it occurred to me that Formula 2 is, because it's not really integrated into the career mode. In F1 2019, it was the sort of start of a story and that was it. In F1 2020, you can choose to do Formula 2, whether it be three races or six races or even the, or even the full season. But then once you move into F1, that's it. Formula 2 doesn't really exist. The drivers are there. All of the Formula 2 drivers are there, but just unemployed waiting for other drivers to retire but MotoGP the MotoGP games actually proved that you can still have the game be racing focused primarily but have an optional team management in lower formula because in MotoGP 20 you can if you're in Moto2 or MotoGP you can manage a team your own junior team that you're effectively the owner of in the lower classes. So if you're a MotoGP rider, you can have your own junior Moto2 team and Moto3 team that you give your own name to. You can choose from one of um, a few, I think they're all real life sponsors. You choose a few fictional drivers, a technical director, a team manager, and you can watch the race play out. Well, I say you can, You well, you can't actually take part in the in the races for your junior teams. You, you either watch it or you just get the results. But you can watch the entire race um, fold out and I think that would offer so much scope if you had your own Formula 2 team that you could manage on the side then especially since the career modes in the F1 games are 10 seasons long that's a long time and drivers well by the end quite a few drivers retire and there's so much scope for you could simultaneously manage a Formula 1 team and a Formula 2 team you could have some drivers in Formula 2 who you are considering as sort of future prospects, but they're not quite good enough for Formula 1 yet. You you see how well they do in Formula 2 against the whole grid and also against one another, and then maybe promote one, or if we go with Val, your team, uh, your team manager mode, maybe come the end you promote both of them up to Formula 1, and then you end up having a, a whole new driver lineup. So 
you know, the MotoGP games, because normally in recent history, the MotoGP games have really taken features from the F1 games. They've been behind the curve. But in this in this case, the MotoGP game, they're well ahead on the team management aspect. And it's it's quite basic and quite simplified. But the fact of the matter is it's there. You can simultaneously ride a MotoGP, turn up to every race and win the MotoGP championship, but also be the manager and owner of a Moto2 and Moto3 team. So if it's in the MotoGP game and Formula 2 is in the F1 game, it really can't be that much of a stretch to incorporate all of those ideas together into the F1 game. And I should say to some of you listeners who that to who that MotoGP game feature might sound unrealistic, that's exactly what Valentino Rossi does in real life. He races in the Premier Class and then he has his riders and his teams in, in Moto2 and Moto3. That's that's exactly how it works. But for me, I, I absolutely adore the idea of a of a F2 team manager mode. I think the only thing there to work out is that at one point, once the F2 drivers start getting promoted into F1 and it can start, it can happen pretty early on you're going to start running out of driver, which which is why I think what the career mode needs at some point will need, maybe not this year, but a couple of years on, it'll need some form of youth intake, which is what basically every video sports video game with a career mode has. It, it just generates extra characters basically to populate your your world, your career mode. And you know, some games do those in different ways. I think Again, the one that comes to mind, forgive me for mentioning basketball repeatedly, I feel terrible about it, but uh, basically NBA 2K lets you take the draft class, which is the class of new players that come in, and edit it however you like, do a bunch of sliders, decide how good it is, how bad it is, every, edit every single player, and I, I hope we get there someday with, with the F1 game too. And also I hope that they are maybe, that can harness the power of the community and those created drivers can be can be shared online. You can download them for your youth intake, draft class, whatever. Then I know we'll have like just a grid of Ayrton Senna's. But yeah, it's fun. It's also fun. I thought for a minute you were going to demand a whole ecosystem of junior single seaters with Formula Regional European and Italian Formula Four and all these countless championships turning up. I'd take it. You know, you know, I'd absolutely take it. I'm not going to demand it because that's crazy. But if you offered it to me, I mean, I'd pay like an extra, I'd pay double the price for the game, basically. <laughs> we'll see if that's enough of an offer to uh, justify the vast investment needed to uh, needed to do it. But One extra sell. Yeah. <laughs> great. Certainly, it's, it's a great idea. Well, moving on to the next topic, which is the the race simulation tools. And Val, this is something that I guess would also feed into the the team manager ideas that we talked about as well, which is improving those race simulation tools. So, so what exactly is it lacking in terms of the way races are simulated? First of all, I should I should put a disclaimer here that I feel like an absolute idiot bringing this up because this is me saying, okay, I really like your game, but is there any way I can not play it or play it a bit less, please? Get through it a bit quicker. But, you know, sometimes we've all been there that we're in the middle of the season and we just kind of want it to end and we want to see how the, the grid shakes up and what changes, etc. And sometimes you feel like simulating through races and the game does give you currently that option, but it's it's really undercooked. It gives you basically just instant results to check it I. I just booted up a new career mode on on my PS4 on the uh, on the F1 game, and I put myself in Mercedes. I simulated through qualifying, which wasn't really a simulation, I think, because it put me 20th on the grid, so it's like I didn't take part. But then in the race, I was second anyway. So in 20th to second, I outpaced my teammate Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it just feels like a bit random number generatory, and I guess that's you know that's fine for the purposes of just getting that race off the list, but. 
wouldn't it be great to be able to you know boot up that race but not necessarily drive let the ai driver drive but maybe tell him not even maybe tell him how much to push but to tell him when to bring him into the pits when to bring him out of the pits just watch how the race plays out get a general feeling of it and maybe jump in and out at a moment's notice which is what most sports games well a lot of sports games at least let you do they let you start the game and simulate the rest of it and they let you jump in in like the the second half of the fourth quarter or whatever and i'd love to see that in in f1 too and the thing is it doesn't it doesn't feel that difficult to make like i'm sure it's it's extra man hours i i shouldn't you know i shouldn't i shouldn't say it like i can do it like it's something super easy but uh, it's just, you know, you wouldn't have to change the, the gameplay engine in any way, just the UI and the, the mechanisms around it. So sometimes the AI controls it, sometimes you take over, sometimes you hand it back over to the AI so you can, I don't know, sip some tea and watch the race unfold. I mean, that just sounds wonderful to me. And again, I know, sounds insane. Can I please not play your game? Can I drink coffee and watch virtual cars race? But I think there's a lot more of us who'd like that option than maybe I make it sound. Well, in fact, another person who has raised an idea a little bit like this it is Nathan with your your call for a return of the of the TV mode that we have seen on the in the past on certain games. Yeah, I mean this this is making it seem like that we want an F one game which just simulates F one. We don't actually take part. Um, that's what it seems like, and perhaps we are a niche. I mean. I should just say, I mean, I was on Twitter a few days ago and I saw Jano Watmir, reigning F1 Esports champion, tweet his list of uh, features of things he wanted to be fixed or improved in the F1 game. And it's very serious, you know, esports focused, league racing focused stuff. So, you know, he's one side of the coin and we're the totally opposite side. But um, yeah, the TV mode basically just ties back into to what Val was saying earlier about the ability to... Um, simulate races and this was a feature in Studio Liverpool's F1 games from Formula 1 2001 on the PS2 to F1 Championship Edition on the PlayStation 3 um, based on the 2006 season so you can if you want you can buy those games and I've done this well I've sort of done this where you can buy those games set up the starting grid and then watch a race play out and see how accurate it is to real life I've, I say I've done. I say I sort of done it because what I've actually done is I've looked up the qualifying results for the real life races, reversed them, and then watched the race play out. And that's you know that's amusing in its own right. And you know if you and obviously in career mode you wouldn't be able to customize the grid, but if it was again going back to Grand Prix mode, if you could have a TV mode where you watch a race happen, you can customize the grid. And this ties into what I was saying earlier. If you could have um, if you could customize the driver, so you could, you know, stick Mazepin, uh, Mazepin in a Mercedes, Mick Schumacher in a Ferrari, Hamilton in a Williams, you know, whatever, and then watch it play out without any player influence, and then just see what happens. And it, you know, or you could try to make it as accurate as possible and see what happens, um, because it would be a significant step up on the uh, on the existing race simulation in Codemasters F1 games, which actually, just to tie into that point, uh, Val, because you said that you were, what, in a Mercedes or whatever and and started in 20th but then simulated the race and finished second. What I've noticed with with the race simulations in F1 games, and this goes back to F1 2016 when it was first added, is they just look at how quick your car is and that's it. That's all they factor in with the 
quick simulations where it just pops up a, a list of race results. It doesn't, you could start 20th at Monaco, but if you've got the quickest car, it will say you've come second or first. It doesn't factor in logic or distance or conditions or anything to the point where on F1 2016, because you could actually mid-race pause the game and instead of retiring or quitting to main menu, on F1 2016, you can pause and then just tell it to simulate the rest of the race. And you couldn't watch it happen. It would just pop up with the results. But you could, on F1 2016, you could, if it was a full wet tyre conditions race, you could, at the end of the first lap, go into the pits, put on slick tyres. It could still be chucking it down with rain. But if you put on dry tyres and then press to simulate session, it will say you win. Because it doesn't look at how suitable your tyres are for the conditions on track. It just looks at how suitable or, you know, how quick you could go with that car on dry tyres. So, yeah, the, the simulation feature is um, in the F1 games is incredibly basic and simplistic um, as it stands. But if you could actually watch it happen, it would also have the twofold benefit of kind of... You wouldn't notice how simplistic the race simulation function is if you watched it happen because if you watched it happen it can't just say by default you've won because you got the quickest card despite where you started it would have to play it out normally so not only would it be more enjoyable if you could have a tv mode whether it be in grand prix mode or career mode you could do it whatever but if it would have to make the simulations realistic because you have to watch it happen and the ai racing has got gradually better and better in co-masters f1 games so it would actually be quite entertaining to watch and yeah the idea of a tv mode isn't unprecedented you know you could put it in career mode put it in grand prix mode with or without driver transfers there's so much scope for it and yeah it does seem like we want an f1 game where you don't play the game and i mean obviously this isn't a priority if i was to list the tv mode you know in an order of priority it probably wouldn't even make the top 10 but as a feature i would like if done well if done how it was done in the older F1 games, it could be it could be an enormous amount of fun. I realize we've spent like so much of the podcast caveating about how 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 nerdy this all makes us sound. So I just like to bring forward the case for the defense is that uh, sometimes people take football manager saves and they simulate 4,000 years into the future and they put them on Reddit and lots of people really enjoy it. So I think there's room for that in F1 too. That's basically it. <laughs> Yep, certainly showing that there is appetite for for that kind of thing. We have got a slightly different topic to move on to now, Glenn. Car development, that's been part of the F1 series since 2016 in single-player career mode, but it's never been part of the multiplayer online aspect. So why is this on your list of demands to broaden? Well, I think it's it's interesting that Nathan described that we appear to be getting some sort of two-player career mode this time, so it'll probably feature there. We don't yet know if that will be an online or you know a local version where you have to both be sat in the same room but I just think league play and online play has developed so much in recent years and actually a lot of that tv mode stuff we were just discussing all of that exists now for the online broadcasts that they do anyway so you'd hope it'd be quite easy to move some of that over to go over the simulations but car development is brilliant I just think it would be fascinating if that was another option you could enable for your online leagues um whether that's a few of you racing and a grid full of AI cars, whether it has to be a simplified version of the development race, maybe more like we saw in F1 2016, where you only had a few things you could develop for each part of the car, not this crazy web that you can do now. Um, But I also thought, and Nathan will know more about this than than I do, but um, 
there's some serious esports leagues out there, like the very top tier of GPVWC. Um, I know, Ed, you're about four tiers below that in uh, your fledgling uh, sim racing career. But at the top level, they do have team managers who do car development. So there's a development race as well as people uh, battling online. Now, a lot of leagues would want to keep the cars equal because that's a great leveler. And obviously, F1's proper esports should always be equal machinery and the best driver wins. But I love the idea of bringing some of those extra layers that we have in single player into into multiplayer and being very very selfish for a moment my regular thing online is that there's me and two other mates who race in a league and we fill the grid of ai cars if we could all be developing our cars as well at the same time i think that would be fascinating and i think it would it's just another option to have and i'm sure plenty of leagues would take that up and add that and some would ignore it and keep the cars equal but the car development side has been around long enough now that i'd hope Codemasters would be confident enough of it that they could implement an online version as well. I've got to admonish you for uh, highlighting my very, very poor achievement in my sim racing career. It's still very early days. I'm just trying to get you some profile, get you some sponsors, get you some backing, make make you a big deal in the sim racing world, Ed. Actually, as we've got Nathan on here, I should harangue him because I remember when I used to cover national motorsport and club racing there'd always be somebody who was driving around in 15th complaining about the lack of coverage they got so which response always was well the better you are the more coverage you get also you're never in 15th let's be honest very 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 occasionally early in a session i might show up in 15th <laughs> but uh, just wait I've, I've got career up next I'm, I'm i'm making some progress there so uh, so let's see if i can break the top 30 for the uh, for the first time but let's get on to our final one and Val there's a certain irony in this in that I am an F1 journalist asking you this question but you're not keen on the post-session media interviews aspect of F1 of the F1 games presumably because you've run out of excuses for your terrible performances I mean I should say my performances are terrible I am horrific at the game and basically any other racing game that features even a modicum of realism but that said done enough races on f1 2019 and 2020 to have clear the interviewer's image etched into my brain permanently and the the four or five questions she asks repeatedly and the four or five options that we get to respond with uh also somewhere in there i think it's it's a good idea for immersion but it like the game just overdoes it a bit there's nothing too complicated with that just just make it a bit more rare just generally if you're Maybe if there's time to develop that sort of thing, develop it to where it influences your relationships with specific teams, which I think was already a thing at one point, maybe still is, and specific drivers on the grid and stuff like that. But it's just, you know, either make it a full-on RPG, Dragon Age, Elder Scrolls, whatever, just go nuts, or just, you know, keep it back for now. That's that's my my preference, maybe a bit of a, a massive nitpick, so I apologize for that. Well, I'm not really sure it is a, a massive nitpick, although, I mean, what I will say is it's interesting how we had years where the F1 games didn't have interviews and the popular YouTubers were lobbying for years and years for interviews to come back and they came back. And who cares? I mean, because that's the thing is, I just think it's fundamentally a flawed idea. Um, well, you're right, Val, unless it's done incredibly in depth, and I, I can't feel the same about a story mode, which is why I'm slightly hesitant with this story mode that's been teased um, or leaked for F1 2021. Because if it's done to the same depth as it was in F1 2019, what's the point? Um, and the interviews, because the interviews, they, you know, it, it affects department morale by like 
4%, which is always minor compared to how well you do in practice or how well you do in the races. The interview aspect, I think, is flawed because it's always, logically, it's always going to be less important than how well you do on track. And if it wasn't the case, it... And also, you can always just say no comment to the questions anyway. So sometimes you will have a question where it tells you, why did you scrape the wall so many times? If you just press no comment, you avoid all the negative aspects. So they're, <laughs> they're you know, at best, the impacts that you get are minimal and they're avoidable anyway. And I feel like on one of the loading screens for the F1 games, it said, if you just keep saying no comment, the game will ask you tougher questions. I'm not sure if that is true, was true, but regardless, you can just say no comment to those questions. So it's just, yeah, the interview aspect, I think it has to be done really incredibly well or just not at all. Because, yeah, I get what you mean. It's the pool of questions is tiny and it's just so repetitive. I think obviously it would be better if uh, if it was Ed asking us the questions after each session. Uh, Ed, would you be up for being uh, modelled for the game? I'm not sure that the... Uh... The, the game world is quite big enough to uh, to fit me into it, but uh, my my particular brand of slightly esoteric question might not fit in very well. But but it sounds like they're quite dull questions anyway, so I could probably uh, make that fly quite easily. One thing I think we should say is that um, the nature of this this podcast is that we're suggesting a bunch of things that aren't in a game. It's very easy to make us sound incredibly ungrateful. The Codemasters have come a long way in in over a decade now of, of having these games. Um, the last few have been absolutely brilliant. They get better every year. And as we're recording this, in about five hours' time from now, I'm booked in to spend the night playing it with my friends that I mentioned earlier. So we're we are, we're coming up to talking about F1 2021. I'm still playing F1 2020 on a very regular basis. So, uh, yeah, you almost released this because it's a really interesting point of discussion and everyone will have their own things that they want. But uh, it's from a position, I think, of, of gratitude towards Codemasters and with apologies to Codemasters in case we sound ungrateful. Yeah, I'm sighing under that completely. I, I love the games. And even even if there's stuff that I feel is bare bones compared to other sports games, it's still, I mean, it's executed incredibly well. And it's, it's just a blast to play. And I do believe that it's only going to get better and better i know we've run the, the the whole list of what we had in the article but you know before we start clocking off i'd like to ask glenn as somebody who maybe is closer in touch to codemasters with codemasters and certainly i am uh the the 10th feature that i would request and i don't know if it's come up before is can the ai drivers crash more with each other please and why why don't they do that because i think that's it would definitely happened a lot in their first grid game that AI made mistakes, and those mistakes looked a little weird sometimes. But they, at least they livened things up. Whereas in career mode, it only feel in F1 2020 and 2019, it only feels like I'm the one who's making all the mistakes, and it makes me feel bad about myself. I do not like it. I think that's a really good point. Uh, one of the games, one of the series that I would say maybe did that best was the the Jeff Crammond Microprose. Grand Prix PC games, uh, predominantly of the 90s. They did do a couple in the early 2000s. It is a really important point because part of these games, now that the AI is so realistic, they race really well, as I think Nathan mentioned earlier. But you do feel that if you have a guy on your tail for five or six laps, you do start to feel the pressure. You would like that to to have the reverse to happen as well. Or if you're right up behind someone, you can't quite get past them in DRS you might pressure them into a mistake. We see the occasional lockup, and they're normally quite frustrating because their lockup is very late in the corner. Um, and then you think, oh, he's gone wide now, but now all I can do is, is crash into him. But yeah, I, I, I see that as the next thing they have to evolve maybe 
with the AI. Um, it's a really good point. The racing's got a lot better with the AI in the last five or six years, but I, I agree. It's a really good point. I imagine it's probably quite difficult to juggle that against everything else they're doing, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, just one quick minor thing to add to that. Uh, going back to that leak um, for F1 2021, there is mention of a focus stat being added to all the drivers. So maybe that may well um, tie into mistake frequency, which in my experience, and it's minimal anyway, but I, I do feel like in, in F1 2020 already, some drivers make mistakes more frequently than others. Maybe that's, um, you know, maybe I'm just extrapolating a lot from a little, but certainly it does seem like, yeah, um, in terms of, well, whatever focus is, but I, it does seem like it's going to tie into driver mistakes. So hopefully that may actually be the case in F1 2021. Yeah, well, as you said, there's lots to, to learn about the new game when it when it comes out in the summer uh, at some point. And, you know, I'd echo the, uh, the comments about how good this game series has been. I must admit, it's always one that when a new one comes out and I'll play it a bit, I think, well, I've got to play this lots. And then sometimes I don't as much as I'd like to, but I'm... Uh, I think I'll go and dig out F1 2020 and uh, get going on it. I might be a little bit better at that than I am at R Factor 2, but uh, I can't uh, I can't guarantee that. But thanks very much, Nathan, Val and Glenn, for your insights on F1 2021, both what it will be and, more significantly, what it could be and what future iterations of the game could have. Do head to therace.com and don't forget the hyphen for the latest on the world of F1 and also Nathan's excellent esports coverage. And to hear more from Glenn, make sure you listen to the Bring Back V10s podcast that tells classic F1 stories. If it's videos you want, take a look at the race on YouTube. Thanks for listening. We've got loads more coverage of the 2021 season to come on the Race F1 podcast. (laughs) 